a new year and a new episode of Metroplex Mania. I'm joined today by Landon Thomas, owner of MavsFansForLife.com. Hello there. And welcome to another episode of Metroplex Mania. I'm your host, Sean Makani. Metroplex Mania is brought to you by the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network. I'm very excited to be joined today by the owner of MavsFansForLife.com, co-host of the Mavs Fans for Life podcast, Mr. Landon Thomas. Landon, how are you today, bud? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, it's uh, it's a really, really cool time to be a Mavs fan. Um, you know, this is uh, this has been an amazing stretch that the team's been on. And, you know, I wanted to get into, obviously, you know, where we stand, where we've come from, and, and kind of what our outlook is for the rest of the season. But before I do, I would, you know, I would be remiss to not mention, um, you know, Dirk's retirement, uh, Jersey retirement ceremony last Wednesday, which I know we were both a part of in terms of, um, you know, as, as diehard Mavs fans, seeing, you know, seeing that, that Jersey go up into the rafters and, and um, hearing the, the great, words that everybody had to say from former teammates to, you know, players around the NBA. The Golden State tribute was fantastic from Clay Thompson, I thought. Um, what what are your some of some or some of your favorite Dirk moments? I mean, what are your memories of of, you know, when he was playing for this franchise? Um, I mean, it's 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 a lot. You know, when you talk about Dirk, you feel like you're you're a part of him because he's he's just a real person. You know, he's not he's not very selfish. Uh he's not a me type player i mean when you look at some of the top legends i mean what is the uh top 15 um top 20 player of all time whoever touched the basketball most of those guys are me guys and and he's not one of them he he comes in that tim duncan type um feel where he just loves basketball and that, that's all he wants to do is win and um be a good person and um win the right way and i, I um some of the um great moments I have of Dirk is, man, I mean, do we have time? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. I feel like, um, like I mentioned in the pod, like, and, and, and it's not always the accolades in some of the big time moments, but some of the fun moments, like um, in the all-star game when Steph Curry um, threw the alley-oop to him mm-hmm. and he just pointed to the sky and you, you see all these, NBA stars and some of them are future legends of the game and they're all excited you don't see that many moments where every single player on both sides especially the best players in the game are excited for one person um and those type of moments then then also the flu game I mean you know uh, just seeing him uh just rise to the occasion when he's dealing with so many circumstances personally and then also in the media and um, opposing team and and he met the challenges that he faced and um when you just see guys like that um defeat um, their arch nemesis or their (laughs) or some bullies you know you you feel good for that those type of moments what about you i i know i know you wrote down some um of your top um Dirk moments but what's what's one moment that stands out to you the one that stands out to me you know I I think has got to be right after the championship when he just ran off the floor um yeah you know Mm -hmm. and I wrote that in the article that that's that's kind of my favorite moment just because 
even as a as a fan, I mean, you don't. It, it's hard to comprehend. You know, you you grow up watching so many championships, and and obviously we had never seen anything um, from Dallas. But you know, every time we saw Kobe win or Duncan win or Jordan win, even right there on the court, arms in the air, celebrating, and this was just such a pure emotional moment that he. I mean, the bu- final buzzer hadn't even sounded, and he had to leave. And yeah. there's a really great um, in the in the championship DVD that. Um, that is out, you know, floating around. You can buy it on Amazon and, and the Mavs Pro Shop and everything. But there's a great interview that um, that Dirk did, and, and the story was that he went in and literally just laid in the showers on a bench in the showers in the locker room with his eyes closed and was just, I mean, in the moment of oh my god. And the trainers had to come get him to pull him back out and say, Dirk, you won MVP. Like we got to get on with the trophy presentation. Like you got to come out. <laughs> And yeah. that's when he realized, like, oh, my God, I just did this. Like, we just won a title. Yeah, the, like you said, that that has to be the number one moment. And I know you wrote it down as well. And then, and I mentioned it on the pod as well. It's, it's like you said, you don't see that. I mean, it's, it's one of those moments, like, everyone was freaking out, um, especially people that don't really know Dirk. They're like, oh, what is he doing right now? He's running off the court. And I was – I was thinking, like, is something wrong with Dirk? That's exactly you know? my thought. I was like, oh, my God, end of the game. Like, is he hurt? It yeah. was kind of like the like Luca at the end of the game against the Warriors. Where we were like, oh, my goodness. Like, what is exactly. happening? Yeah, then you see him come back and like, man, that's, that's something that needs to be talked about for years. Because that's one of those, hey, I did it. You know, I need a moment mm-hmm. to myself. I don't want anybody to see me. I want to be alone. Um, and this time, you know, I finally reached that pinnacle of, playing this game in all those years um ups and downs and you saw in the um, ceremony i mean the ups and downs that he he faced and we saw it watching it Mm -hmm. live and it's just you know um you know good things um happen to good people if if you just keep working and and i really believe that and i feel like he's he's one of the greatest examples of it i think and i think he's you know the, the conversation always happens now of who's the most revered athlete in Dallas history and who's kind of on that, that top of the, you know, the pedestal, if you will, right. You, I feel like there's the Mount Rushmore of, of Troy Aikman and Staubach and, and Dirk, of course, but I think Dirk has surpassed all of, you know, any, basically any athlete that has played for a Dallas sports franchise. I, I think he's at the top of not only did he deliver a championship, but it was at a time when social media was, you know, really prevalent, you know, Aikman, yeah. Winning the, the three Super Bowls, but our generation really wasn't a positive a part of it. I remember it, but it, it wasn't something talked about because it was such a dominant team for so yeah. long. Um, Dirk, it was this one-off, you know, against the big three, against LeBron and, and the rematch against Dwayne Wade. And, and I think it had such a much, it had a much bigger impact on the city than, than I think any of the Cowboys uh, championships did in the nineties. No, I agree with you. And especially he still lives here. Like he's still, you know, implemented into the city and, you know, Dallas is his home. I mean, uh, you know, Wurstburg is his hometown, but Dallas mm-hmm. is his home. I mean, he said that many times. And a lot of the stars, like you mentioned, um, you know, they, they go off and um, do different things. But um, he, he's still around the organization. He's a um, quote-unquote ambassador, <laughs> yep. a.k.a. when things go wrong, make an appearance. <laughs> Bring in Dirk and help solve this problem, please. <laughs> yeah, Superman. Um, but yeah, I think he has to be up there as the number one. Um, when you think of Dallas sports, 
I mean, obviously there's competition, um, competition, like you said, but Derek has to be up there as the number one guy. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever see somebody like him. And, 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 you know, you've, I know you asked Dirk the question at, at his press conference as well on Wednesday about, you know, the impact of his, like of his one legged fadeaway, which, you know, there's so many, there, there's, there's very few of those iconic shots in the NBA. Um, yeah. you know, Hakeem's, you know, jump, you know, the hook shots, um, you know, you've got Jordan's uh, kind of fadeaway jumper. You've fadeaway. got Kobe, mm-hmm. Kobe that emulated Jordan's fadeaway. But Dirk's one like it. I mean, you're seeing guys like Kevin Durant now pull that out in in different games. I mean, it's it's something that is is just insanely unguardable if you can if you can master it. And I think the the coolest thing about watching you know those old videos was watching how Dirk came from you know being this scrawny little kid in Germany coming to coming to the NBA and had was getting just torched by competition and and he really put a focus into okay how can i make myself head and shoulders above anybody else i'm not going to beat anybody with strength i'm not going to be a traditional power forward like a kevin garnett who can just back down somebody and and you know bank it off the you know off the left part of the rim but dirk really put an effort into with holger saying you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna use my height as an advantage and i'm gonna i'm just gonna shoot over everybody now yeah and it's very iconic like you like you said it's not a lot of guys have that signature shot. And when you think of Dirk, I mean, his, his shots on the court <laughs> and um, yeah, Mark Cuban says it's going to be there forever. So, I mean, that's, that's one of those things that it's just, wow. Um, some, some of the things you look back on Dirk's career and his shot is going to last forever. And not only the stars, like you mentioned, um, Durant, um lebron uses it um even luca uses it mm-hmm. we watch it we watch it every game um mm-hmm. the top tier guys use that one leg of fadeaway but also the role players i mean um and then um college players um high school um you know junior high a lot of people are putting that in their skill set um to have it like you said have an advantage over um a different um uh, opponent that's you know maybe more athletic than um you or maybe more um has more length um so you can get that shot off and and Dirk is he's really special because I wanted him I mean um obviously he he gives great answers um he he's very good at speaking but I wanted him to be a little selfish but that's yeah you'll <laughs> never get that from him <laughs> yeah he's I mean he's so humble I mean it's it's insane to hear him speak and, and, you know, see it, you know, hear the responses he has to give to people's questions and, and hear about the humility that he had like throughout his career as a, as a Mav. And it's, it's, I'm glad he was ours, you know, for, for 21 seasons. I mean, that's, that's a blessing, even though it only, it was only one title and, and say what you will about the front office and, and going after free agents and blowing up the title team. But it, it seemed like the Mavericks were in the playoffs every single year for yeah. a, a, a strong 15 year stretch, right up until, you know, maybe 2017, the Mavericks were always in contention for a playoff spot and and generally always hit it. There was a streak of 50 game, uh, 50 win seasons there. So even with the roster turnover, I mean, that's a huge credit to Dirk for keeping things, you know, kind of afloat while, you know, Cuban and, and the front office are trying to figure out how to build around him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, just the sustainability of all those 50, 50 win seasons. I mean, um, even just being some of those rosters, I mean, 
like you said, that there's a lot of turnover and in, in, in some of those rosters um, overachieved. And I feel like mm-hmm. um, just the greatness of Dirk um, carried over to his teammates, and especially during his prime. Um, you know, they they really wanted to win um, for themselves and their families, but also just for Dirk because he's that type of guy that you want to win for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's been a joy to have him on our team, and and you know, I'm glad that he's still a part of the franchise. I'm still he. I'm I'm glad he's, you know, got input. Um, he'll always have you know, uh, Cuban's ear, of course, and and I think he's for as long as he wants it, he's going to be a part of a part of this this team and and this franchise and any decisions they make, um, going forward. Um, speaking of the franchise going forward, we are in in like I said a, a very interesting spot in in the season um yeah it, it felt like the first two and a half months of the year the sky has been falling since that blowout loss against the hawks on opening night and mavs fans have and rightfully so i think have, have kind of been teetering on the edge of, of freaking out and and kind of being pleasantly surprised um the covid covid issues have not helped again once you you know once again we're missing you know quite a few players but i think it's allowed other players like a marquise chris and Ethio Benson uh to really shine in the absence of other folks what are your impressions now that the mavericks are on a six game win streak the defensive effort that they've shown uh the last week and a half two weeks of the season what are your kind of thoughts just as a you know as somebody who watches the games um just like you i mean um it I'm very impressed. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad you, you you had me on during the win streak rather than <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the season. I probably would be in a different mood. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm very impressed. Obviously, um, like you said, with the COVID and injuries that they dealt with, uh, they've been able to plug in ple- um, pieces um, and keep it moving. I mean, um, one thing that was consistent is their defense. That's very very impressive to me is their defense because now they're a top five um defensive team in the nba they were a top 10 um defensive team um a couple weeks ago um uh, or a week or two ago and they just keep transcending up and when you when you hold uh the best team in the west and the best team in the east um um to a subpar game it's it's very eye-opening very noticeable um especially with um, not a not a healthy roster. I mean, I, I can't remember last time we had a full full squad on this Mavericks team, and it, it's just something that you see and, and and you and you give credit to, and then you have some of these positives that that um, pop out, um, just like uh, like you said, Chris and Pinson. I mean, um, a couple of weeks ago we weren't even thinking about these guys, and now we see them as. Um, you know, vital, um, important pieces to this roster. Um, more so Chris on the court and then uh, Pinson, when he gets the opportunity, he does um, do things well. And then he's just always the guy that you see around the team that um, keeps him in high spirits um, and in stress situations. Um, he's, he's making everyone laugh and he's always um, cheering on the team. I know that's something that's minute, um, in sports, but it's needed. Everybody does have a role and everyone um, showcases their role to the best of their ability. But um, I think the, the highlight it has to be beating the Warriors and, and beating the Bulls, right? Yeah. I mean, and even for me, and it's so funny because I looked, I was looking at Lucas Statline earlier while I was getting prepped for the, for the podcast. 
Mm-hmm. 22 points, 14 assists, 14 rebounds, four turnovers in 35 minutes, but a plus 26 plus minus, which Jeez. is like insane. And he's not even playing his best basketball. I no. mean, he still looks out of shape. He still looks like he's struggling. He can't hit the three to save his life. And I mean, he Luca has two or three of those step back threes that you're just like, how does that go in? And then yeah. the open threes where you're like, that's going in it like clanks off the rim and you're like, what is happening? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he's not even playing that well and still a plus 25 plus 26, it really shows kind of the, to me at least what Jason Kidd kind of preached at the beginning of the year is that, you know, the the team's got to play a lot better, but we're going to be more defensive oriented. We're going to be more defensive minded as a team. And for all the talk of, Jason Kidd's past and and whether you know people are over that or not, that's fine. At the end of the day, he was hired as our coach. We can't do anything about it. We're not writing the checks for the team. We're not Mark yeah. Cuban. As fans, we kind of have to just go along with it. Yes, he struggled in previous stops, but I was a really, really big believer in the fact that I felt like he had learned a lot from, from Frank Vogel and coaching guys like LeBron James and like Anthony Davis with the Lakers. And having a guy like Jared Dudley, who also played under him on his, you know, on his staff, I think really kind of keeps him level-headed. And then you bring in guys like Igor Kokosov, who's had coaching experience, especially yeah. coaching a guy like Luca and coaching mm-hmm. international players. You know, you put all of those together, and you can see now two and a half months into the season what this team was was trending towards and what they were working on, and and that was being more of a defensive team as opposed to just shoot at will, you know, hit as many threes as you can. We, this team isn't, has, was, and still probably is a, a poor three point shooting team, to be honest, um, yeah. that, that can get better, but we've seen significant improvements across the board on, on that front. And, and I want to get to the offense in here in a second, but the defense is just, I mean, it's amazing the way that guys are flying to the ball and even on switches, which I think was one of the biggest problems last year, especially when you go back and look at playoff film, the switching on defense was so slow and, and it looked like players were confused under Carlisle's scheme. Um, and yeah. now it looks so much more fluid. It's, it's kind of amazing to see. It really is. I mean, um, and when I say credit, um, you have to give credit. It's really, like you said, Jason Kidd. I mean, um, day one, he's um, instilled defense into uh, this team. I mean, he even said it earlier in the season when things were going bad, he's like, Hey, we have to play defense. I mean, these players have to play defense and for us to win. And ever since, I mean, they've been great um, defensively. And and like you said, it's it all you have to look at what's going on right now. I mean, he's he's the coach and you have to let things play out. You have to let things um, mature throughout the season because um just like Rick Carlisle, I mean, every um, um, a lot of people loved Rick Carlisle because um, he won the championship and um, he was a top five coach during his um, peak of coaching um, for years. But they don't realize, you know, he had his ups and downs, too. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a reason why this is this Dallas wasn't his first stop. I mean, he was he was coach over a year, but then, you know, he got let go. I mean, with um, Pistons and Pacers. I mean, so it's um you you have to let it play out and see what the coach does at the end of the year and then you can really analyze um 
what they have done, but I think Jason Kidd has done a great job defensively. And then once the shots, um, we'll get into the offense, but once those shots start going down, I, I feel like um, you'll really see what um, this team can do. And I like um, what he's done with Josh Green in oh, particular. Yeah. It's been incredible um, comparative to uh, last season. So, And that was going to be my the next thing I was about to say is J- Jason Kidd deserves – all the credit in the world for unleashing whatever Josh Green was hiding the last two years because that the, he has just been unbelievable. I mean, the hustle that yeah. he is showing and what two career high scoring games the last two games, both you yeah. know, against the Warriors <laughs> and the Bulls. Like, I mean, it's it's insanely impressive to watch. Um, you know, you posted a video on Twitter about Jalen Brunson talking about Josh Green and how everybody on the team is just like, this guy just works his butt off. Like he's yeah. putting in all the work and it. It's funny because I feel like ever since Desmond, that Memphis game and Desmond Bain came out and started talking about, Oh, the Mavs drafted Josh green. Like I wanted to play, you know, play? whatever. Yeah. And Jason Kidd was like, all right, let's, you know, here's, here's your chance, Josh, like go for it. And he has seized that by the horns. I mean, he has just been unbelievable. Yeah. I, I love the progression. Um, and like you said, I mean, um, these veterans, and I say veterans, I mean, Luca and, and Jalen, and KP, they're so young. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> these young, yeah, baby veterans um, are in Josh Green's ear, and they support him 100%. He's like their little brother. Um, and I feel like I feel like it's a mixture between the two. I feel like he, um, he was progressing and um, keying in on his skill set. Um, but also it was a matter of just playing. I mean, cause like when he went down, um, to the legends and he wasn't playing at all for the Mavericks, you know, all these teammates came to go watch him play, uh, Luca, Jalen, Tim Hardaway, Maxi, Dwight, Boban, they all came to, uh, he, he even said it. He said, um, Hey, I, I text the guys that I was going to play for the legends and they, and they instantly responded, Hey, we'll, we'll be there. And then, um, and he dominated that game. So I feel like I felt like it's not uh, more so um, he, he can't play at this level. Well, obviously, he's showing he can. But um, when he wasn't playing, I felt like it was a matter of getting that opportunity to show it and then um, progressing and developing with the time that you play. Because mm-hmm. when he did play, it was always like two minutes left or three minutes left. You know, when, when guys get in that – that tra- uh, was it trash can or trash time or whatever garbage time yeah garbage time yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's just like one-on-one and just a lot of aau and yeah you're trying to like jack up it. shots and exactly. 360 dunk and like whatever yeah man. Like, who cares yeah so when he gets that time you, when you get 20 minutes a game you can really hone in on okay what did i do wrong and then what did i do great and then you could start strengthening um, those um, things that you're doing great, and then you can um, fix and enhance um, some of those weaknesses that you have. And you've seen it with him. I mean, it's 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 been a enjoy um, enjoyment just to watch. Yeah, I, I, it's it's funny because you know everybody knows that Rick Carlisle hated playing rookies, and other than yeah. with the exception of Luca, I mean, there was no. I, I don't even think if Desmond Bain was on this team, we would have seen what he's showing in Memphis now, because I think it still would have been hindered by, by Carlisle and his philosophies. So, yeah, 
you know, I'm, I'm glad that that Green's getting the start. It adds another key piece, um, you know, to our to our roster, and and it even then opens up the contract of somebody like Sterling Brown if we need to include that money in a deal later on. You know, Green's still on his cheap rookie deal, so you know that there's a couple other financial avenues where that kind of helps out. Um, the craziest thing to me, Landon, is I, I'm trying to remember. I don't have the numbers directly in front of me, um, but it seems like every player that has come back from COVID, like Maxi Kleba, <laughs> Dorian, and yeah. and especially Reggie Bullock, I mean, have just been on fire. Like since they came back is do you think there's anything to that or is it kind of just like the rest and recuperation and and kind of getting in the right mindset for the you know for for kind of this this new part of the season do you think that was more of a factor i mean it could be a mixture of um it could be a mixture of having time off and um and resetting everything resetting your mechanics resetting your mind um, getting away from the game because if you remember with uh, guys like uh, Reggie Bullock and Tim Hardaway Jr., um, they 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 were going through a hard time shooting the ball, mm-hmm. um, and they're like they're supposed to be our best um, um, three point shooters. I mean they were uh, last year um, with THJ and then with the Knicks for um, Bullock they were um, top tier shooters, and um, they weren't doing that for this team. I know. Um, um, a different ball and, and all these um, things going on, new coach, um, new scheme. But uh, but when, when you have all those misses and then you just take a week off and obviously you're going through things um, physically and internally, but just being away from the game for just one week, it, it really helps you reset your mind and, and just get back to the basics of what you did well last season and how you can get back to doing that. And I think um, they've done that well. And I think um, a lot of the players, like you mentioned, who've come back um, from um, unfortunately having um, COVID, they played really well. And I think it's more um, the other side when I'll say the mixture is the team playing well, you Mm -hmm. know, because when you come back to a team that's doing really great, it's it's easier to make shots is you know when True, the team's yeah. having fun instead of you know the crowd is just like oh my gosh another loss or oh we can't beat this big team or a few losses in a row you know it's a different mindset when you're coming in oh they won a few games oh everyone's um um doing great hey josh got um got some time mm-hmm. you know everybody everybody's happy and joking around um, Pinson's in there making everyone laugh. He wasn't there earlier in the season. You know, it's just um, Chris is doing, um, you know, getting the crowd excited with some of the dunks and physicality that he brings. And he wasn't there early in the season. So, and there was there was a lot of pressure earlier in the season mm-hmm. as well. So, because um, they were projected, you know, um, from third to fifth seed at the beginning of the season. And then when you lose all those games, you know, everyone's, um, hounding on you. Um, so now that we're getting back to, you know, fourth or fifth seed, maybe um, with their projections, it's it's something to feel great about, and it also helps you play better. Yeah, I think I think the Mavs are currently sitting at fifth seed, and, and th- this stretch of the schedule I thought was really important because it was, yeah. you know, obviously the Nuggets, and then you had the Warriors, you had the Rockets sandwich in there. Who for some reason the Rockets always play us tough, regardless of what their roster looks like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, that's probably Steven Silas as well, just knowing this roster in and out. But 
Um, you know, and then of course the Bulls. Um, so it was a really, really important stretch for the Mavs, and to win all four of those games is is kind of kind of kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Um, you know the the other guy I think is, that has improved a lot, and and people aren't talking about it because he's you know Mavs fans' favorite punching bag is Dwight Powell. Um, yes. and, and I think Powell, uh, for all of his limitations, you know, there's, there's some games where you're like, how do you not get that rebound or, or how do you miss that dunk? But man, him and Luca and the pick and roll, it's just, it's a thing of beauty. And there's a, I feel like there's a trust factor there just from those two players, not necessarily the coaching staff, but just Luca trusts Dwight, I think more than almost any other big man on this roster, yeah. For the for the fact of I know he's going to set the pick and roll the right way or or cut out the, a different way to get guys like Timmy or or Bullock open. I, I just feel like um like you said there's that chemistry there and he knows he knows what to do. Uh, I mean he, every every single scenario those two have been in it with the pick and roll. He's he's the best pick and roll guy that the Mavs have and he's been playing outstanding the past 10 games. Um it, it, when I say outstanding, that's what, like you said, the Mavs fans, um, and we're all fans within ourselves. But um, when you report on a game and you, and you say a player does outstanding, they they strictly they they go right to hound you on. Hey, this is you know this is Dwight Powell, uh, eleven points and um, four or five rebounds. Yep. It's not I'm outstanding. It's not great, but he's playing great in his role. That's that's what people need to realize when you say a player is playing great it's the expectations you have for him and if he's um meeting those expectations or um um, surpassing those then he's playing great in the role that was given to him so you have to give him credit one guy that that i you know when people talk about who on this roster you know could be moved right and and i want to get into the trade stuff later um in a little bit but one guy that just in my mind and I've always had a soft spot for him just because I really like the, you know, the the whole underdog kind of getting the starting role. Uh, but man, Dorian Finney-Smith has just been lights out. I, like I, his corner three percentage is something ridiculous. And there's a confidence to him now. I think that he's fully healthy, kind of recovered from from the couple of games he missed. But you watch him on the floor. I mean, not he's not hitting corner threes anymore. Now he's hitting like wing threes, and he's hitting those those threes. From the, I know he had a huge three against the Warriors from the top of the key in the end of the, almost at the end of the fourth quarter to to kind of seal the game away. Um, he went hard after Draymond on that block. Um, he's flying around yeah. the court. He's always been a really really good on ball defender, um, and the value for his contract is just insane. Um, he's he's got to be he's a guy I look at on the maps, and I'm like, you've got to do. Like that's a key piece. That's like a key key guy I want to keep going forward. I don't care what moves this team makes eventually, but like you watch a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith play, and it's like that guy's worth every penny. Yeah, I love Dorian. Um, he works so hard, and you know, it's just the the background of his story of just being undrafted, and then um, he's like the last player to make the team, and now he's a bona fide starter the past few seasons. It's it's truly incredible to watch those type of stories and see him succeed and you know then obviously he benefits from it um for him and his family moving forward um but getting back to basketball it's he's been great to watch as well um kind of the benefit of the team playing well um is 
always him um, because he doesn't get credit for what he does. He he constantly has to guard the best player, uh, the best mm-hmm. opposing player. And then, like you said, he's not just the corner three guy. He gets better every single season. Like if you look the look at the stats, like every single season he gets it, it jumps in his um, um, statistics. And then not only the stats, um, like you said, every he's he's shooting all around the court now. And he, um, with the guys out with COVID and injuries, he the past ten games, like he's been able to uh, slash and um, take his man to the um, to the um, to the rim. Like his ball handling has improved dramatically, or maybe he's just getting a chance to showcase his ball handling and what he's been working on because he. Um, I've never seen that from him. I've always seen shooter or put mm-hmm. nasty putbacks or a great offensive rebounder, but just seeing him constantly improve his game is great to see. And he's a, he's, he's an unrestricted free agent. So um, the Mavs are going to have to do um, whatever, obviously they have his bird rights, but just overall they have to get creative because Jalen's unrestricted. And like you said, there's so many things that could happen within a month mm-hmm. from now or um, this off season. So they have to do something with Jay, um, with Dorian because he's the heart of the team and you need him. Yeah. And, and let's, let's get to that. Cause I was kind of, kind of going to save that for last, but you know, I, I wrote a piece and you wrote a piece as well on, on just the impact that Jalen Brunson has had for this team. And I think everybody knows it. Everybody yeah. around the NBA knows um, kind of what this kid has done and, and the way he's coming into his own, it still shocks me that he was a second round pick. I don't know why a national player of the year who a two time title winner fell yeah. in the second round, but it's um it it's hard for me because I loved you. I've I Jalen Brunson is such a spark plug, I think, off the bench and now he's in the starting lineup and him and Luca complement each other so well the way that they play. Um, you know, when I wrote about it, I was kind of on the on the train of look at this point, if you can't get a deal done, you've got to consider dealing him because he's honestly your best trade chip at the, you know, the way he's playing, he could start for probably most of the teams in the NBA, if not all of them. Um, you, you know, do you run the risk of letting him go and then trying to resign him in the off season that rarely ever works? Um, but you know, is it, I think you have to, if you can't get a deal done, right? I mean, are you just risking losing him for nothing? I mean, man, that's a tough position to be in. I would not want to be Michael Finley, Nico, and um, Nico Harrison, and then <laughs> um, Mark um, Cuban because not only are you looking at the future, you're looking at the season. I mean, this team right. is on a six-game winning streak, and when you look at the s- schedule, just looking at it, the next five games, they're all winnable games. And just the the um the chemistry of the team how they're playing everyone's locked in especially defensively which is hard to get players to lock in it's hard because if you don't see him as a starter or a future um pillar for this team you have to trade him like you said because his value is is at an all-time high right now his his shooting efficiency is the same as a starter. It's the same as um, a, um, coming off the bench. He has the versatility of doing both, but obviously mm-hmm. he's 
he's backing up a top seven player in this league. So it's he, like he, like he could start on most half this half the NBA. Um, but there's there's a handful of teams that have um, quite a bit of money this offseason that would like him as a full time starter. And that's what the Mavs need. to. Mm-hmm. If he's the future um, and you see him as a playmaker, um, as a scorer next to um, Luca and, and KP, um, then you you have to you have to do something um, to keep him and, and, and let him know that, Hey, we want you as a starter because they have his bird rights. They can meet and they can pass what other teams give them, but can they meet and pass the opportunity, you know, having the ball in his hands 24 seven, you know, being the guy, like if he goes to um, like the Spurs, I mean, they have a lot of money this offseason with pop, you know, having that IQ, he can be the leader for that team for 10, um, 12, 14 plus years. So I'm just saying, can you, can you imagine um, being in the Mavs seat right now? Cause you also want to win this year. I mean, it's so fluid. And that's the thing that, that's the thing that it's kind of pulling me back and forth. Right. It's like, yeah, you could get something, you could probably get a decent haul. I mean, especially if you package him with, you know, certain yeah. players. Um, but man, are you really well, willing to ruin the chemistry that you've built yes. so far? Um, you know, the way he's been playing. And it would be such a Mavs thing for him to sign with the Spurs and like play out 15 years like under Pop and Pop's like 100 years old coaching <laughs> that team. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's like the perfect storm for, for being a Mavs fan. But it's, yeah, it's it's really difficult because as much, I, I love Jalen Brunson. I think he fits really well, but my, I've always been of the notion any sport, if you're losing a guy for nothing, I think it's a mistake. I think you have to capitalize on on it because you don't, I've, we've seen it come back to bite teams before. Um, and, and you've got to recoup some value. This isn't the NFL where you get compensatory picks yeah. for losing a free agent and you can make another draft pick, right? You've got to and, – and the Mavericks, it's not like they have a lot of cap space going forward for the next year or two anyway, right, until KP's contract comes off the books. So can you package him – you know, the name in the in the news today was Miles Turner, right? That the Mavericks and the Knicks are, are looking at Miles Turner and, and trying to get him and, and Turner's a Dallas kid. Um, you know, do you make a do you create an offer surrounding Jalen Brunson, send him, you know, to Indiana back to Rick Carlisle for, for Miles Turner? I mean, is that does that move the needle for this team, you know, in a positive direction going forward? If it's Turner, I would. I mean, it's tough. It, it depends who it's for because um, Brunson, see, that's the thing because Brunson's so good. He's not flashy. He's just so good at what he does. He can score. Mm-hmm. He can um, he can pass. I mean, we've seen it when Luca's out. He's averaging like, what, um, um, eight assists? I mean, he, he does his role. Like, he provides reliability. He provides – um sustainability and he provides consistency and that's very hard with an nba guard um especially a high quality nba guard um but if the right trade is out there you have to do it because you have luca on the team so a guard is not really necessary for this team um it's not one of the weaknesses Mm -hmm. because you have a, um, a first team all NBA guard. It's just like it's just like Celtics, right? 
you have Tatum and you have Brown, you you have a little um, flexibility with Brown because you have Tatum. I mean, it's it's just like Luca and, right. and Brunson, um, but uh, different different players, but um, the same type of analogy because if you get Turner and you replace him into that lineup, let's just say with Luca, uh, Bullock, um, Dorian, and KP. Oh, that's that's a defensive monster right there. And he can shoot. Yeah, yeah, and he can shoot. And he's still, we'd still have him another year, I think, right? I don't think he's a free agent until 2023, if I'm not mistaken. Um, That's the, so the fit of Turner and and KP has been talked about, you know, a lot. Because Miles Turner's name came up. Earlier in the season, when he, when the Pacers, you know, kind of said we're gonna yeah. have a fire sale, and and the question was Sabonis or Turner. I've always been a Turner guy. Yeah. I'm a I went to UT, you know, I'm a big big Miles Turner fan. Um, I, I think the fit kind of works if you're playing, you know, if you're putting KP at the four and you're and you're you're not trying to expose him to playing down low, you know, guarding these centers, um, you know, guys like Joel Embiid and, and Anthony Davis. Um, you bring in a guy like Miles Turner, Jokic. You bring in a guy like Miles Turner who can clean that up. I think it helps KP as well, right? I mean, I think KP can kind of float around, not not like he did under Carlisle's system, but KP's shown more of a propensity this year to cut and and be more active off the ball, um, and he looks more engaged. And I, I saw that right off the bat when the season started, and and I'm I'm waiting for him to get out of COVID protocol because I'm excited to see what he can what he can continue doing, but. If you had a guy like Turner next to that, I mean, that that's that's kind of that's kind of good, you know. Like that's it. <laughs> Gets you excited, yeah. Especially when you see um, how he's been able to play um, around Sabonis. Like if you watch the Pacers mm-hmm. play, Sabonis is everywhere. I mean, he's all over the court, in the paint, mid range, um, even three sometimes. Um, but that's what you can see with. Um, with Kristaps because this year he's everywhere as well. I mean, he's all over the court and then you have Dwight, you know, just, um, you know, surrounding him where he can find his open spots unless Luca has the ball, then he'll go screen for Luca. But um, I think it's a perfect match, <clears throat> especially what Jason Kidd is trying to do. I think Turner um, hides um, 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 some of Kristaps uh, limitations defensively, mm-hmm. um, especially after the injuries, obviously he was, great before the injuries he's still a good rim protector um but just you know individual defense man on man um when you have turner back there he's averaging three blocks a game i mean that's that's insane and and he's led the league in blocks like four out of the last five years it's been something crazy yeah and and he's always um um he's always up there um with um um, off the ball help um as well um, defensively Mm -hmm. so switches that's just when I think of Bullock and Dorian um, and Turner in the starting lineup, um, and then they all can shoot as well on the flip side, that's a lethal lineup when you surround your two best players. That's something that it, it would suck because you would see Jalen probably average 18, 6 and 6 for 14 years. I mean, but it's because you know how everyone is with Seth Curry. I mean, just imagine oh, yeah. Brunson killing it with, 
with the, the second page. Miles Turner has a bad game, Mavs Twitter <laughs> will start crucifying Mark Cuban. Yes. <laughs> and it's just like, I wonder if there's a package out there that if you're getting Miles Turner, can you get the Pacers to throw in like a Malcolm Brogdon or a Karis Levert? You know, if you're throwing in other pieces, you know, obviously you're going to have to give up Jalen. You'll probably have to give up THJ. Tim Hardaway, which I, I really, I like Tim Hardaway Jr., but the streakiness is just getting to a point now where I'm kind of like, all right, man, like you got to, you know, this, it's a little frustrating. Yeah. Um, the, Somebody brought up a good point on Twitter earlier. If Josh Green is playing this well, do you explore the idea of trading Dorian Finney-Smith? Because aren't they kind of a same, a similar skill set per se? Yeah, but that's tough because Dorian has the length and he has the height. Um, that's that's true. Yeah, Josh Green. I mean, he. I love Josh Green's potential defensively, and then obviously what he does on offense um, um, as of late, but. Um, Dorian, he, he has, he has length and he's, um, he's, and he's, he's taller than Josh. Josh is like, um, six, five. Uh, he always looks um, taller and, um, and bigger on TV, but he's six, five and, um, he can yeah, go. Dorian's like six, seven, I think. Yeah. Right? Six, seven, six, six seven. So he, um, he has the flexibility of guarding point guards to all the way to, um, power forwards. Um, and Josh green, he has, he has, um, he can guard point guard, shooting guard, um, small, small forwards, <laughs> um, but he's insanely versatile. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it'll be tough to replace Dorian what he does, but it does provide um, flexibility on what you can do with the roster. Yeah, and and I think I think for sure there's going to be some moves made. I don't I don't think this is one of those years where uh, Nico and and Mark um, you know sit back and kind of say, all right, let's just see how this roster plays out. I think there's an urgency to kind of at least get, you know, get some moving parts in here. And, I, I you know, it, it's kind of funny when you've got guys on 10-day contracts playing better than some of the people you've signed in free agency. It, it should kind of hit you in the face that, oh, man, you know, we've got we've to make a move. What's your What are your thoughts, Landon? When KP comes back, right, and the, this roster is kind of fully healthy, we've seen the shift in the starting lineup now with Bullock instead of Hardaway Jr., um, you know, and, and Brunson being put in there. Maxi, obviously, I would assume would go back to the bench, um, you know, when, when Porzingis comes back. Assuming this team doesn't make, a, you know, a, a big deal, right? Let's say if there's no Miles Turner, it's just like a Goran Dragic buyout or, or, you know, another small piece here or there. What, if this team plays the way that they're playing right now, what do you think their ceiling is? What, what's your outlook on the rest of this year? If everything plays out right now and they have – a minor acquisition um, like Goron or someone of his um, caliber, like you said, I think the ceiling is second round. I just think um, if things stay the way they're going and, and they continue to play like a, a top five defense and then the shots keep going, I think that first round series of just looking how it is right now against Grizzlies could go um, six, um, six or seven games either way um, because when you see this team playing mm. so hot like like it is and then the Grizzlies are playing I mean they were on that streak that 10 game or whatever um, I think man wouldn't that be nice Desmond Bain and Josh Green going up against each other and that would playoffs. be that would be a lot of fun <laughs> that would be a lot of fun but then you would have to face like a team like 
the Warriors or the Suns or the Jazz, and I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think they have the pieces, like you said, unless there's a major trade. I don't think they have the pieces to beat those type of teams. So second round would be mine. What about you? Yeah, you know, going into the season, I was really, really optimistic. <laughs> I, I <laughs> yeah. said if everything, I said if everything fell correctly, um, you know, Luca average. I, I said Luca would average something like twenty eight point seven. Mm-hmm. You know, right under twenty nine a game. I thought KP would have a phenomenal year, which I, I think, by all accounts, maybe not phenomenal, but I think he's been excellent this year when he's played, when he's been healthy. We've seen. We've seen glimpses of New York KP yeah. um, under kid system. I think he feels refreshed, and I think he feels more confident being out of um, Carlisle's system. Um, you know, COVID just hit this team so bad, but I, I, I honestly said I could see this team challenging for the Western Conference Finals. Maybe not making it there, maybe not winning it, but I think they'd be within a game or two of making the Conference Finals. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't think they were better than Golden State because I, you know, we all figured Clay was going to come back, which that debut was insane last night. Um, yes, they're not better than Phoenix. They're not better than Utah. But then I look at you know every other team in the West, and I'm like, well, Denver doesn't have Jamal Murray now. They don't have Michael Porter Jr. L.A. Both L.A. teams look like a mess. Um, you know, Memphis, yeah, is great, but they don't have the pieces around John Morant yet, right? I mean, they've got a lot of cap space coming up. Uh, Portland is, is completely dysfunctional and Dame may not play another game the rest of the year. So it's kind of like, like there's a lot of avenues for the Mavericks to kind of squeak their way into the conference finals. It seems. So you still say Um, Western conference finals. I I think, I think if they make, if they get miles Turner, okay. If the Mavericks pull off a deal for miles Turner and get, cause then you, then you've got to replace Brunson's somewhat production off the bench. Right. Because then you're, like you said, you're going with Luca Bullock, Finney Smith, KP, and Miles Turner as your starting five, right? Well, then who's your backup point guard? You're not gonna. Are you gonna run out Trey Burke every night? Like you know. Yeah. Then you're hoping for a Goran Dragic buyout. Um, do you get Indiana to throw in TJ McConnell in that deal? I mean, that's another guy that um, if you've got to give up a, a Tim Hardaway Jr. or even a Sterling Brown, which is fine by me. Um, you know, that, that gives you a backup point guard, right? Yeah. There's, there's certain moves that, that could be made. I think there's, there's a wide open lane this year to the conference finals. So depending on what happens in February, I, I will, I will respectfully say a second round. I think they make the second round and I think depending on the opponent could potentially win. It just, it, it depends. I mean, there there clearly is a need for more on this roster. Yeah. And, and like I said, just, Beating those top three teams is going to be hard. Um, you have you have to you have to get four or you have to get the four for fifth seed in the Western Conference. You can't yeah. you can't play those top three teams um, in the first round. It's it's going to be hard. But if you get the if you get fourth or fifth, and you make you make a move like you said, I mean, I could, the sky's the limit. I mean. Who's to say? Who's to say the Suns were going to make the finals last year? I mean, and and the crazy thing is, Luca's not playing yeah. well right now. Like if he if he gets into you know once he gets into Luca mode, basically, you know, kind of you know how LeBron does in the regular season where LeBron's just kind of like lollygagging around, and then yeah. March April comes and and he starts tearing it up. If that if Luca does that, I mean, you know, there, there's 
you know, there's a good chance the Mavericks could make some noise in the playoffs, I think. But they have to make a move. If Oh yeah. If yeah, they want 100%. something more than second round because right now it looks like it could be a back and forth with Grizzlies or you know with the current roster that they have, but if they want if they're true aspirations, I mean you, your aspirations should always be championship and even if mm-hmm. your teams even if your team are um they're all best friends. They all hang out outside of, um, you know, games and practices and, and they do team events and stuff like that. Um, not just in the community, but like with, with each other, like go watch a movie or um, dinner at someone's house. That's all, that's all great. And that's, that's what you want as a GM and owner, but you really want a championship. So you got to bring in whatever it is to help you accomplish that. Yeah, absolutely. You got you got to do whatever is necessary. Can I tell you my my dream scenario? Yes, please. And I've I've done this in 2K so many times <laughs> and it's it just it's kind of ridiculous at this point. But KP's got his player option in 2023. It, let's say he picks it up, you trade him to Oklahoma City, send him a first round pick and go sign Jokic. If Jokic and Luka are that close, yeah. There's that's that's like I'm like fingers crossed like I'm just like oh my like can you imagine Luka and Nikola Jokic playing together? I mean I've seen it in in the All Star game. I mean <laughs> it's, it's, just... it's 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 sick. I mean that would be nice. I I, I bet you've done that um, many times with smile with a big smile on your face. Just oh yeah, for sure. pick and roll. I have to like turn what they do. Oh my god, you can pick be, and pop with shoot, Jokic. Could, I know you could have. Um, um, you can have Jokic um, having the ball in the pick and roll and p- pick and pop with Luca. Lucas, Luca, yep, can you imagine exactly. Luca as a screener. Exactly. The creativity it's you a, could have. <laughs> it's a dream scenario, man. But right, look, right now, yeah. Obviously, we're encouraged. The defense looks great. If the offense catches up to the production, um, like you said, sky's the limit, right? I mean, anything can happen in the playoffs. Um, anything can happen as the season goes on, but. The hope is, is that in the next month or so, the Mavs will make a move to kind of shore up some of their limitations, whether it is Miles Turner, whether it is, you know, another name uh, out there. Um, you know, there's it, it's going to be an interesting time. But, but as of right now, I mean, the improvement seems real. Uh, the defense looks legit. Uh, and if again, if the offense can play catch up, KP can come back and, and kind of contribute the way he's been doing. This is this is going to be a team that's going to move up the standings pretty quick, and, and I don't think anybody's going to realize it. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. Um, they usually say when your team is um, top 10 in defense and top 10 in offense, and then that means you're a true contender, and that's what the Mavs were in 2011. I know it's the season that we always go back to, but – it's mm-hmm. really what you base on how to build a championship team. And right now they're top five in defense and they're, uh, they're standing at 16, um, 16 in um, offense. So if the shots keep going, like you said, and um, they get KP back here shortly um, and they continue to um, progress with Luca individually. And then with the team, um, they could, um, you know, be in that lower um, five to ten, um, well, probably like you know eight to ten range um, by the end of the season. So you could have something going um, into the playoffs, and and maybe maybe meet your <laughs> uh, your ceiling. 
We'll see, man. We'll see. Hey, Landon, I appreciate you hopping on today, buddy. It means a lot. Yeah, anytime you need me, I'm here. I I, I'm, I love talking basketball with you and um, just talking ba- basketball in general. He's Landon Thomas. You can find him at 65Lando on Twitter. Be sure to check out the website, MavsFansForLife.com, and also his podcast, the Mavs Fans for Life podcast. As always, I'm your host, Sean Vazmakani. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Metroplex Mania. Please be sure to leave a review, uh, hit that five-star button, and uh, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Until the next episode, take it easy.